Welcome to the second episode of ShimmyCast. I'm your host, Anala Rabari, and we have a great show planned this week. With music by Shiva in Exile, a DVD review, and an article. So let's get started. Normally every show will begin with answers to the previous show's question of the week. However, since this is such a new podcast, we're going to hold off on the answers from the first question of the week to give people more time to submit their answers. Just to refresh your memory, the question is, how did you get into belly dance? And to answer that question, you can email us at shimmycast at gmail.com or go to our website at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com and follow the link to our message board. So let's hear some news for the week. For those of you who are new listeners, I look through various websites and search engines to find events all over the world that I think you might be interested in. However, if you're a performer, musician, troupe, workshop instructor, etc., and would like me to include info on your event, just send me an email. And as always, these events with more information will be listed in the show notes. First, we have May 17th through the 25th, the Belly Dance Superstars will be having performances and workshops at various cities in Germany, such as Berlin, Hamburg, Munich, Stuttgart, and some other cities that I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to pronounce. (laughs) May 18th, there is a performance called Decadance at 9.30 p.m. in Washington, D.C. May 19th through 21st, there will be a Tribal Fest in Sebastopol, California. I have no idea if I pronounced that right. I'm not from California. May 19th through the 21st, Expressions in Oriental 7. I believe this is a combination workshops and stage show. And that's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. May 20th, there will be a mini workshop featuring Teddy in Springfield, Illinois. May 25th through the 28th is the Stockholm Belly Dance Festival in Stockholm, Sweden. May 27th, the Hip Drop Live Tour will be in Columbus, Ohio. May 27th through the 29th is X Mead's three-day seminar and experimental Middle Eastern dance in Los Angeles, California. And finally, the last two weekends in May, you can catch Desert Wind out of Tulsa, Oklahoma at the Castle of Muskogee Renaissance Fair in Muskogee, Oklahoma. For more information about any of these events, be sure to check our show notes on the website. So that's a lot of events going on in the belly dance community within the next week. And I will say that there were a few more workshops that I found on the internet, but I decided not to list them because they required pre-registration and the deadlines expired before I recorded this. And what kind of dance sister would I be if I tell you about something that it's too late to sign up for? I mean, that's like dangling a carrot in front of you that you just can't have, and I don't want to be mean like that to you. (laughs) So now we're going to go on to a review that we have. This week's review is written by Adira, who's a member of the Mayer Nawal troupe. And this review is on the uh, DVD video 21 Shimmies and 1001 Variations, 
with Leila Giovanna and Roland. Presented by the International Academy of Middle Eastern Dance, this fun and encouraging video is intended for someone who has at least some belly dance experience who wants to build on their skills. Leila Giovanna does an excellent job of demonstrating each type of shimmy, first as the original movement and then with variations. After the demonstration, she breaks down the movements in a lesson. Her husband drums the rhythms for her and she explains them in clear musical terms. A history of belly dance and a performance is included in this video. So go check it out. Next we're going to move on to our email and feedback session. And I got an email from Arabella asking me about sending an mp3 file of her answering the question of the week. And this is a good time for me to bring up some business of podcasting. I'm trying to get audio set up on the website so anyone can use the mic in their computer to record messages for the show. I love the idea of having you guys answer the questions in your own voice. It's almost like we're having a conversation in the cyberspace of the belly dance community and that's what I want this podcast to be. So I'm working on that and I'm also working on getting theme music and short prelude pieces to use between the segments so you don't just have to listen to me blather on all the time. So if there are any musicians out there that would like to volunteer and produce some music for the podcast, I would be eternally grateful. I'd also like you to know that there is now a Frapper map on the website, so be sure to stop by and put yourself on the map. It will be really fun to see where everyone is in the world that's listening to the podcast. Finally, if you are so inclined, please take the time to vote for this podcast at Podcast Alley and Podcast Pickle, or leave reviews and comments on iTunes or Podcast Pickle. Since this is a new podcast, I'm really depending on all you listeners out there to tell me how I can make this a better podcast for you. And please, if you like the podcast, tell a friend about it. So this week, we're going to have an article that was written by Salome. She runs a fantastic website, and there will be a link in the show notes to her website. I emailed her and asked her if I could read some of her articles on air, and she was really great in giving me permission to use her articles. So the article I picked out for this week is A Brief History of Oriental Dance, From Social Dance to Performance Art, by Salome. In Arabic, the folk dance that mothered oriental dance came to be identified as rocks ballady. Rocks meaning dance, and ballady roughly meaning of the country. A distinction between native and foreign dance became necessary after European occupation. Before this, it was simply referred to as rocks, derived from the word rejoice. For centuries, rocks ballady was enjoyed at festive occasions and in the home by men, women, and children. In gender-separate parties and living quarters, People would dance for each other for fun in their party or regular clothes. Rock's ballady continued in this vein until the influx of European tourists in the 1800s. The Europeans created a demand for public performance 
and this sparked a segue into performance art. Roxbality, in its various forms, is indigenous to North Africa, the Middle East, and as far east as Iran. However, the public performance aspect was predominantly influenced by Egypt. Some general factors why. In the 1920s, Turkey was experiencing a cultural revolution and transition in government that all but eliminated their participation in native arts. In the 1960s, Lebanon's industry flourished. But unfortunately, Lebanon was swept into a civil war and their attention turned to survival. Other North African and Middle Eastern countries never developed the dance as a performing art. In the transition from social dance to stage performance, Rock's Ballady emerged in an altered state, becoming what we identify as Rock's Sharky, literally Oriental dance. This metamorphosis most notably occurred in the 1930s at the Casino Opera in Cairo, Egypt. A singer-dancer-actress named Badia Maznabi of Lebanese heritage opened a nightclub called Casino Opera. It was fashioned after European cabarets and hosts to Middle Eastern and European entertainments. Rock's Ballady was typically done stationary and used in small spaces, the nature of movement earthy with a predominant focus on the hips. Badia personally trained her dancers, but also brought in Western choreographers. The dance adapted to utilize stage space and the movements were refined using not only hip, but arm and chest movements as well. Costuming also underwent a major change at this time. Up to that point, dancers wore a long dress or an outfit of a skirt, shirt, vest, with a scarf accentuating the hips. Influenced by Hollywood movies and European cabarets, the beaded two-piece sequin costume made its first appearance. Egypt had a booming entertainment industry with Egyptian film dominating cinema in the Arab world. Many of the films made were musicals featuring dance artists. Raksharki was catapulted to a level previously impossible and stars created that remain legendary today. Outside of the film industry and clubs, Raksharki was an integral part of the culture and any festive celebration. But after the revolution of 1952, by order of Dr. Rajbi, Raksharki was banned on religious grounds and dancers in Cairo exiled. Under pressure from the people and desire for tourist dollars, it was allowed to resume in 1954, but under certain restrictions. The torso had to be covered, floor work was prohibited, and no quivering, a particular style of hip shimmy, was allowed. Through the 70s and 80s, Egypt saw a wave of American and European women clamoring to learn Egyptian rock sharky firsthand. Lessons and videos were consumed in mass. The Egyptian rock sharky scene was reportedly at its peak, with superstar dance productions in the swankiest clubs of Cairo with 40-piece orchestras. Egypt enjoyed alpha status until the 1990s. Over the decade, public performance notably petered out. Identifiable reasons include a decline in wealthy tourists from the Persian Gulf, the younger generation turning to other forms of entertainment, and religious extremists 
threatening violence to any event where women performed rock sharky in front of men. Currently, due to the economic, political, and religious climate, the Egyptian rock sharky scene is sparse in contrast to yesteryears. Aside from the decline of nightclub performances, there have been tales of its occasional exclusion from wedding parties for fear of violent retaliation. A law passed in 2003 prohibiting foreign dancers from being granted work permits caused a deeper decline in public performance, though the ban was reversed after approximately a year. Oriental dance is flourishing elsewhere, however. Lebanon and Turkey are most notable for their burgeoning dance scenes. Outside of the Middle East, in the U.S. and Europe, a wealth of performance can be found in grand auditoriums to small-town cafes. And again, I'd like to thank Salome for allowing us to use her article from her website, and there will be a link to her website in the show notes. So if you'd like to read this article on your own, you'll be able to go there and see it. So that's the end of another show, and we're going to end this week like we will every week with Podsafe music. This week's music is a song called Oriental Distortion from the album Ethnic by Shiva in Exile, which is available at magnitude.com. And you can see our website for more information. I hope you all have a great week. This is Anala Rabari saying shimmy on.
Thanks again for listening to ShimmyCast. You can leave us feedback at shimmycast at gmail.com. And be sure to visit our website and forum at www.shimmycast.blogspot.com. Remember, the opinions expressed are those of the host and the podcast crew. Thanks again.